I do that, you know. But uh, wasn't, this, wasn't this wonderful? We have a great group of people here. I'm especially impressed with the bass player, but uh, that's, a, that's a bias. And Don and I are getting ready to come March. We're going to celebrate 25 years, so that's pretty awesome. I'm excited about that. I have, I have, a, I have a good friend uh, that we used to go to church with back in San Antonio, and he says, dude, you married up. That's just all there is to it. And that's true. That's very true. She's an amazing lady. Thank you. Um, the the uh, Some members of the youth group uh, have been going through a study together. Um, we've been meeting on Sunday evenings, and we've been spending a lot of time in Book of John, in chapter 15. And so that's what we're going to do some of today, is we're going to spend some time in, in John 15. So if you guys want to open, if you have a Bible open, or you can look on the screen, we have uh, verses here on the screen. Uh, but what I'm going to do is we're just going to travel through it. And we're just going to unpack it along the way and see what's in there and see what it does uh, to change us and to change our lives and to make us look at God and our relationship with him in a different way. So let's get started. Um, Verse 1, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So... This bearing fruit, uh, Jesus intends for us to bear fruit. And so the other day we were talking in youth about this, and, and uh, of course, obviously, it's a metaphor. And so I began to say, what's fruit? And some of them said apples and oranges. And I said, well, okay, hang on, let's, go, let's take it a step further. What's fruit in the life of a Christian? What is, we're, we're, let's transfer it into the real, the real life thing. What is that stuff? And, and uh and some of them guessed here and there, and different answers came out. And then, uh, I love my youth group. I just have to stop and brag for a second, because I am so proud of them. Because they come up with th- these insightful answers that just blow me away on certain days. It's just like, wow, you said that? And, and so one of them says, what about that thing in Galatians, the, the fruit of the Spirit? What, does that count? And, and well, sure it does, exactly. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, if you want to look at it. Those are fruit. Those are, those are things that come out of us. It's not, it's, not that we, it's not that we go and try to become loving or faithful. Or This is stuff that grows out of us naturally as the Spirit does His work in us. This is stuff that, that, that kind of boils up. It just grows out. Uh, apple trees grow apples. It happens. Uh, this, is the, this is the natural thing. There's a second fruit, though, um, and I want to I take this one, too. If we look in, in Matthew 28, in verse 18, this is the Great Commission. And this is another kind of fruit that, that other, that, that love, joy, peace, and those things that I mentioned a moment ago, they, those things are foundational. And then when we have those things in our life, other people see those things. They become visible to others, and other people recognize who, God for who he is, and they see it in us. And when... We read the Great Commission, it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the, of the Holy Spirit. Other people coming to know Christ because of us, because of what they see in us, recognizing God for who He is, and then coming to Christ, that's fruit. And so 
we have to ask ourselves, well, how does this fruit happen? How does that, we don't just go make it happen ourselves. This is something that God does in us. So how does that work? Let's read on. Verse 3 and 4, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So this word comes out, abide, and we, we don't use that word every day. That's not something that, uh, that's, that's uh, a regular everyday word for many of us. But abide, what does that mean? So I looked at it uh, because I wanted to see what the dictionary said. And it says this. This is kind of interesting. It says to remain stable or fixed in a state. Not a state like New Mexico, but, uh, you know, a, a place. And that's what, that's what the next one, there's a second definition. It says to continue in a place. In Texas, we would call that stay put. Okay, it just means be in the same place. Don't move. Okay, stay, stay with Jesus. This is essential. Staying continuously connected with Christ is essential to us, this fruit bearing. We're going to keep going back there. Fruit bearing, and what is that? And how does that, and, and how does it happen? Let's keep reading, Chapter, uh, verse 5. We're going to go fast here. Um, i got a little, few stories to tell a little bit later. Um, <clears throat> verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. The person who abides bears fruit. There it is right there. He who, whoever abides in me, he it is that bears much fruit. That person who abides is going to bear fruit. It's like I was saying a minute ago, that it happens to us naturally. When we're abiding, the fruit comes out. And then, and then it says, apart from me, you can do nothing. We go around, some of us, I don't know, uh, you see people around the world, let's just put it that way, you see people around the world that are trying to do good things. There's lots and lots of good things happening, and people are, people are doing good and doing good and doing good, but he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. He says that, some of those good things, some of those, what we see as good things, uh, people giving away millions of dollars for education or whatnot like this, uh, it seems good, and it's good for a while, but it's not a lasting good. This is not a permanent good. This is not a thing that, that goes on forever like this abiding happens. That, that's permanent. That's, that's, that's eternal. Okay, so that's what, we're, that's what we're striving for is, as people of God. Is we're striving for a, a good that is eternal. Let's keep going. Verse 6. We're going to be careful with this one. Verse 6 says something that, that could be confusing, so we're just going to, I'm just going to make a comment about it. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Now, if we took this verse just by itself, it might make us think that, it might make us think that a saved person can go and become unsaved. Okay? And that's inaccurate, because there's lots and lots of verses uh, across the Scripture that tell us that, that, that true salvation is permanent, okay? So, but, uh, but, but what this is, is probably really referring to is, is those who are close to salvation. Take Judas Iscariot for the betrayer, for example. This man, was, he walked with Jesus for uh, roughly three years, and yet somehow he never got it. Somehow he never really caught it. We have people who walk through, who come to churches, uh, on Sunday mornings and sometimes on other times of the week and, and, uh, and they're close. They're close to the church and they're close to salvation and they know who Jesus is. But uh, like one student that I worked with uh, here a, a few, several weeks ago or a few months ago, um, I, I said, 
I see that you believe, but have you received? And so then we work through that process of him receiving Christ, okay? And having that in his heart and changing, uh, it's a life that's changed because of the presence of Christ in that life, not just running parallel to where Jesus is, but running together with him, abiding. That's, what, that's, that's where we're, we're working on here is this abiding. So going further, verse 7. Uh, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Okay, he's going a step further now. He says, let my words abide in you. Okay, so what does that refer to? Well, we have a lot of words here from him that we should be letting those things abide in us. We should be let the, let the word uh, dig into our hearts and begin to change us. One student, I had a, this is another student quote, and I was asking a group of students uh, about, that, about that statement, and this kid said, we aren't supposed to just read God's word, we're supposed to live in it. That's pretty good, right? These are, these are kids talking about this, so this is good stuff, and, and uh, I have to brag on my youth group, they're just doing so good, and, and we've been growing in, in the heart, and we've been growing in numbers, and, and uh, I think the last three Wednesdays in a row, we've broken 25 kids uh, in, that, in that meeting, and, uh, and there was a time here a couple of years ago, we were happy to get a dozen, and so, uh, so and, and their, their hearts are growing too, and, and so it's a, it's a blessing to see this happen. Um, fruit bearing depends on us having his words in us it talks about in that, in that uh, verse it talks about ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you but you know what when you're abiding in him and his words are abiding in you then it begins to change your heart and it changes your thinking and so when you're thinking God's thoughts and you're sharing his heart, it's pretty easy for him to answer your prayer because your prayers are right in line with his desire. Does that make sense? You know, uh, it's, it's just something where, where, uh, where God's, where we get, our, we get ourselves in line and equal to what he's doing, where we're, I used to have one friend, he'd, he'd say, we're going to stay one step behind him. Wherever he goes, we're going to stay one step behind him. And when we do that, and when our thoughts and our heart are doing the same things that, uh, that he's leading us to do, prayers do get answered, and those, and those things happen. <clears throat> Let's keep going. Verse 8. By this, okay, we're going to find out the purpose now. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. What's the purpose of bearing fruit? Why is that important to Jesus? It glorifies his Father. When we read through Jesus' words in the Gospels, uh, we see so often everything he does is pointed at the Father. Everything he, he glorifies, he honors, his whole purpose is to glorify and honor his Father. And so that's what Jesus is doing here. He's teaching us to bear fruit so that we glorify and honor the Father as well. Um, verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, abide in my love. So we're adding another one now. We had uh, abide in me, and we had let my words abide in you, and now we have abide in my love. He's tying some things together here. So how do we do that? How do we abide in, let's say, 
How do we abide in God's love? I'm glad you asked. Verse 10. We're going to find out. Okay. If you keep my commandments, watch this, here it is. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Um, here's another student quote. I've got, I've got tons of them. Um, I had one that uh, I was asking them about this idea of, of keeping His commandments. And I said, what do we have to, what do we have to know to, uh, or what do we have to have to keep Jesus' commandments? And some said faith, and some said love, and some said all these spiritual things. And one said, wait a minute, this is my practical, my practical guy, you know, that, and he says, we've got to know what the commandments are. And that's exactly right. We have to, and the, the word abide in us, we've got to know what it says. So to, to obey it, we've got to know it. That, that's, that's, so, that's so fundamental. I appreciate that so much that, that uh, these kids will see that and they'll see, okay, we've got to know to do. In order to do, we've got to know. Um, oh, next page. Wow, we're getting, we're, getting, we're getting good here. This is getting into good stuff. These things, verse 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you Okay, we're going a step further. He's, he's taking us somewhere. He's taking us to a, a finish line that's going to be good. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Um, the other day I asked some, I asked some students what, uh, what's the difference between happiness and joy? And one said, well, happiness is for yourself. And joy spreads out to others. You know? That's really true, isn't it? Happiness is for yourself. And that's, that's, a, that's a me thing. And then joy spreads out to all other people. I see that all over Bono all the time. People just, joyful people just spreading the, spreading the love out to others around them. I think that's amazing and I love, I love being a part of it. Um, on Wednesday night... I was teaching, we've split up our groups into three groups, and I was teaching a group of, of young men, and, uh, and one of those young men uh, is here today, that's Jeremiah. Jeremiah, raise your hand. Jeremiah doesn't come to us on Sundays most of the time, it's mostly on Wednesdays, and, um, and he, um, <clears throat> he said afterwards, he says, he says, Coach, can I, he calls me Coach, he says, Coach, can I talk to you? I said, yeah, uh, sure, so... Uh, he, he, we invited another student to join us and, and uh, I mean Jeremiah was, was he was shaking and he was ash white and he was physically and emotionally overwhelmed and the Holy Spirit was moving on him in an amazing way and he said I am experiencing something I have never felt and just the presence of God in his life and this joy this joy that, that, that it's talking about here, he's, he sees it, he's got it, he's feeling it, he knows it's there, and, and he's experienced that uh, really for his first time. He's been a believer for, for a number of years, but, uh, but in a brand new way, right? You say amen again, that's, that's, just, that's just something to celebrate. Um, <clears throat> okay, now this sermon has a surprise, because the next verse... It says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And there's a song that goes with that, isn't there? 
Many of you know what that is. Brace yourselves. I'm going to lead a song. Stay ready. Now, did you all have to help me? Because I don't want to sing a solo, and you don't want me to sing a solo. So help me out. This is my commandment, that you love one another, that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another, that your joy may be full. That your joy may be full. That your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another, that your joy may be full. David, you could have turned me down if you wanted to. <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, thank you for that. This is, this is what it's, it's, it's taking us to joy. It's taking us to a place where uh, when we see uh, our, you know, our Christian life is, we see these Christians that are kind of sour, and let's don't do that. Let's, let's, let, let's do this abiding and this fruit bearing and let it, take us, let, it, let it take us to a place of amazing joy, just like Jeremiah was feeling just the other day. Um, 14, verse 14, or, uh, let's see, let's go to 13. Greater love has no man than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. So Jesus is taking us, uh, he's, he's taking us to this uh, fruit bearing, and what is that, and then abiding, and what is that, and now he's showing us something new, which just has to do with this idea of friendship, and what kind of friendship we have with him. Let's look at it. Uh, he reveals this commandment that we need to know, and Jesus calls us, Jesus calls us to a greater love, a greater kind of love than the world knows. Um, he, ca- he calls us to a love that is sacrificial. He calls us to a, a love that is, that is to love our enemies. These are things that, that he says that we, are, that we, should, be, we should be doing. Um, look at, uh, to, to lay down your life for your friends, to... And in, and in Jesus' case, it was, it was a, a literal laying down of his life. He died on a cross because, for his friends. Uh, those 12 guys that he was talking to that day, and then also for us. But, um, but also for us, as we live in, in church life and in, in the work life that we do and out in the world, uh, what, kind of, what kind of love do we show? Do we show that love that's laying down our life in a sacrificial way to give to others? That's what we need to be doing. That's what, that's what he's commanding of us. Um, you are my friend. This, is, this, one, this one gets to me because when you think of Jesus, you think of this, this is Jesus. He's, he, he died on the cross and, and he came back to life and, and, uh, and he's almighty God. But he says, he says, you are my friends if you do what I command. No longer do I call you servants. For the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. He's given us the plan. We know what to do. He's given us the plan for how we're supposed to live and the things we're supposed to do. That's going back, abiding, fruit bearing, abiding, fruit bearing. This declaration is amazing. It's not just for those 12. There again, it's not just for those 12, but it's for us here at Bono today. Um, He puts confidence, trust, and responsibility in us to carry on his work. He goes to heaven. He leaves us here to do the amazing kind of work that he did of loving others sacrificially 
and showing people who he is. Verse 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide. That's going to be important here in a minute. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. His plan, his plan is for his followers to love others and to abide in him to bear fruit. And then that that fruit abides. So there's abiding and bearing fruit comes from that. And then there's more fruit and the fruit abides. And then there's more fruit. There's more abiding and the fruit abides. And it it continues on. And so when a believer leads another unbeliever to find Christ, then that unbeliever is fruit. And that unbeliever becomes a believer. And then they go find others. And then it grows and it grows. And there's more abiding and there's more fruit. And it continues to grow. Today, please don't consider what fruit, as I said earlier, please don't sit here and consider what fruit you should be producing. Okay? Consider your abiding and your loving. Accept this challenge from me today that as I challenge myself, I know I need to hear this too, but consider your abiding and your loving, not picking certain pieces of fruit that you want to go and produce. The fruit takes care of itself. When we abide and when we love, the fruit takes care of itself. Abide in Christ and love one another. Let's pray. Um, Well, before I pray, let me say this. Uh, This will be be a prayer of of dismissal. And and you'll have a chance to, uh, to, if you want to come and and be here at the front and, and visit about something. If you would like to ask for prayer, we'll have uh, deacons in the back. And then we have, uh, we have our giving baskets here at the front and also boxes in the back. And, um, and would just love to see if there are those who want to pray and want to spend a little bit of time uh, doing that before you go, then, then do that. Um, and you can move on that. Let's, uh, do we stand? I can't remember. Okay. Uh, uh, let's let's stand. Let's just stand up. And David's going to play a little bit of music. And then, um, and if you want to come forward and just uh, just share a prayer with somebody or with me, uh, or you, if you if you need to quietly exit, uh, then that's okay too. So let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for today, and thank you, Lord, for uh, just for your presence, your. Uh, and, and how you open the door for us to abide in you, and uh, and how you want to um, you want to grow fruit in us, and you want to use us for this, and you want us to participate in your kingdom work. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. And we uh, and I just ask you for our congregation that we would be um, a loving and abiding body that would bear fruit for you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.